Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner, business growth strategist, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with my listeners. I put together an insightful and think outside the box live web class on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific time. It is specifically designed to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking about selling it yet. Why now? Join me to find out all of the benefits that come with a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. And I'm excited to have my guest today, Josh Fonger. So Josh is a consultant, coach, and speaker, developing and implementing systematic solutions to a complex business problem. He is the sole worldwide licensing agent for Work the System Method based on Sam Carpenter's great book called Work the System, The Simple Mechanics of Making More and Working Less, which is now in its fourth edition. So um, Josh is amazingly lucky to live in Hawaii and is getting ready to go to the beach. So we're going to work this podcast. We're going to get it all ready so he can go enjoy that time with his family. So welcome to the Profit with a Plan podcast, Josh. Glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So this is this is an amazing conversation I've been I've been prepping for with you because I think that many business owners they just are in the trenches of working in their business and they don't think to work on their business. And I think that's the method that you are talking about or a portion of the method that you're talking about with your clients. So tell me a little bit about how all this work the system works. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those watching this on video, the book there right behind me, Work the System, is where it all began. Uh, and then it began the factory of uh, Sam's business, right? So Sam Carpenter owned this, this call center, and he was able to take it from uh, basically a hellish, a hellish situation where he was working 100-hour work weeks, uh, sleeping at the business, you know, living there full-time, to uh, developing a systematic solution where he could scale it by multiples and get his time back and his life back and have his income go up. And um, that's what we do is basically take that methodology and apply it to companies. And it really begins with a, a shift in the way you see business, the way you see reality, the way you see your life. And we describe it as the, the system's mindset. So you are, instead of going through and reacting to things as they happen to you, it's a perspective of being uh, above yourself and looking down and then seeing that your life and your business is made up of a collection of repeatable systems. And that's where the title Work the System comes in, is you want you to control the systems. You want to work those systems. And that's what we do. Wow. You know, that's a funny thing, control, the word control. <laughs> Something that we have very little of, but we, we think we have a lot of. And some of the things that I think are so important when we're talking about controlling is our effort and our energy and the things that we focus on. You know, we can't control all the all the minutia that's going around us. So this really pins in on control, that thing that we as business owners 
need, have to have, you know, um, and we get it by, by controlling the systems, right? Yeah, well, that, that's the way, uh, and Sam talks about is, is you're expanding your, your um, area of influence, right? Mm -hmm. And so you first want to get control over your, your mind, right? Exactly what's between your ears. And then you want to have control over the, the strategy, the direction you want to go, and the principles of which decisions are made. And as you, as you start to kind of work your way out, then you're going to be able to influence people and not just in a one-to-one -one relationship, but if you, you know, document your systems, it's in a scalable way. So you've actually documented those core aspects of your, your business and your strategy. Therefore, as you are influencing or touching more people, employees, contractors, vendors, they also um, have that same information. And therefore, it's a, it's a scalable way to have control. And um, it's, and it has, Sam has all these chapters and about uh, control being a good thing. Uh, and it's a lot of times people don't want to be a control freak. They want to say that they have this control issues. But um, ultimately, being in control is better than being out of control. And, <laughs> and so you, the flip side is worse. And so ha having that layer of control or, um, I guess, just making wise decisions and having them scale is, is a smart thing. Love it. Love it. So you talked about um, controlling what's between those ears, right? You know, this is where all the problems occur <laughs> in, my, my, in my view. Um, how do we do that? I mean, is it, is it kind of the woo-woo mindset stuff or is there, you know, clear, tangible actions that we can put in place? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that ultimately uh, everyone wants good results, right? Like they want to be healthier. They want a successful business. They have these results. And what we want to do is say, well, the results are, are great. And you don't just, don't just pretend like you have them. Don't just um, tell yourself with a mantra you have them. Instead, until you make it, right? <laughs> yeah. Instead, actually decide, okay, these are the results I want. That, that's, I'm going to set them aside here. Um, ultimately, we, we focus more on what are the, the steps that lead up to the systems. Mm -hmm. And so if, as long as you're spending your time, uh, we call it the left side of the equation, the steps, ultimately, you're going to get those results. But... Um, most people, they just, they keep just shuffling around bad results, thinking that someday that's just going to happen. And a lot of times it just takes a lot of consistent hard work that you do again and again and again. That's where the results come in. Most results that are, are meaningful just take time and people don't stick around long enough with a process yeah. or a system to get there. And uh, yeah, so um, it's not just about pretending like things are fine or letting go of things that aren't fine. It's really about uh, eliminating the inefficiencies and doubling down on the efficiencies to get those results. And uh, a, a big one of our mantras is that we only work with mature business owners. And we don't necessarily mean mature by age, but we mean mature in thinking, as in mm. they're, they're willing to not chase the shiny object, to chase the, the flash or the, the newest, you know, the newest thing in the market. They're, they're more interested in saying, okay, what, what are the, these fundamentals that, that have worked over time, and then I can apply, and they're mature enough to realize that this, this is going to take some work, it's going to take some time, but it's worth it, and I've been working hard anyways, I might as well just work hard on the right things. And uh, those, are, those are kind of our, 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 deal, our ideal customers for those, those kind of things. I love that. You know, you, you, you brought up the point that business is hard, right? And it takes actionable steps to get you to achieve the goals that you want. And... Um, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? But it is hard process to run a business and to create something. 
that you believe is the right thing for the world and the people that you serve. And so it's, it's funny that you, you really drive in something that is a mindset, but then you, you put it on the left side of the brain and you say there's real steps that you have to take. Uh, funny thing I always talk about is that, you know, hope is not a, a plan and you've got to have action behind it you know, to, you got to take the steps to get it done. So I, I, I really like that. And that to me, and to probably most mature business owners, that's the right thing to do. How do you choose those steps though? Um, do you, do you break it down and you go from the business plan? I do a lot of business planning. So there's that, that piece to it, but what, where do you figure out what are the right structures to, to focus on, to get that mindset? Yeah. Well, uh- what we do in, in our, our methodology, and probably similar to yours, is we, we start with um, actually having a bullseye and, a, and an arrow going towards it. We call it the strategic objective. So you actually need to know where you're going, how you're going to get there. And there's a lot of ways to do that. But we, we want to make sure that at least you, you know where you're going. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was on um, the Bigger Pockets podcast, uh, podcast a few weeks ago, and they were asking me, like, what advice would you give this real estate investor? And it's like, well, it depends what kind of, what are your goals? Do you want to be a millionaire? Do you want to make six figures? Do you want to invest nationwide or just in your hometown? Like there's so many different directions you can go and, and business is so creative. People don't see uh, that it's, it's extremely creative and there's really not that many rules. And so the first thing in terms of being efficient um, is really picking your lane and being laser focused. And that starts with a really good strategy. And once you have that, that's going to help inform what are these systems that I can start to, to, to build and put into place. Uh, but without a clear direction, you're just going to go in circles. And whatever you build, you're probably going to throw away anyways. And so it's, kind of, it's, not, even worth the, it's not worth the investment. Because building, you know, focusing on your system, systems is an investment. And no one wants to invest in something that's going to you know, perish in, in a few months. But if you're going to invest in something like, okay, I'm going to start a new business every month. Well, then you're going to start a new business bank account, you know, you know, new LLC, all these new things. We wouldn't do that. But if you're going to have the same company for 20 years, then investing the time to get the bank account and the LLC and all this stuff makes sense because you're, you're actually keeping something. You're building a long-term asset. And we want people to know that um, the processes of their company are also long-term assets, right? If you're going to be mm-hmm. selling on the phone or doing podcasts or whatever it might be, whatever you're going to do, if you're going to be doing this a few months from now, a few years from now, a few decades from now, then you might as well figure out how to do it right and figure out a system for doing it because you're not just, you know, just doing it one time. You're going to be doing it multiple times. Right. And, and that scale factor, it has to be documented. It has to have something that somebody else can do because you can't do a business, any kind of scalable business all by yourself. You've got to bring team members on so you can have more effect and have more hours in the day that that the projects can go but you can't do that without systems so i love it so so let's talk about some of the systems that we want to have in place you talked a little bit about you know the basics of you know how we're going to run the business and having the end in mind but are there are there certain systems we want to put in place first or maybe are more um yeah let's just talk about the first cuz yeah, you start yeah. somewhere. <laughs> you do, you do. <coughs> Excuse me, and and um, it's usually very daunting. Which is why most people they they like this concept, and then when it gets down to the nitty gritty of actually writing things down, they're like, 
okay, well, there's this other thing I want to solve. And they go run <laughs> off somewhere else that's easier. You know, I got to call this yeah. client. I got to go visit this person. I got to order some materials. They, they, they'll run a different direction. So mm. um, a, big, a big part of any big project, and this would be a big project to take on, is to itemize the separate pieces of it. And that's what we mm. do is we'll lay out all the pieces. So uh, I think in Sam's company, they have like 400 procedures. We've got a lot of them. Wow. But they started with one. And so <clears throat> what, when I work with people, it's, it's we, we brainstorm, okay, so how do you, like, what are the parts of selling? What are the parts of, you know, how you deal with your finances, you know, accounts receivable, accounts payable, like all the different elements you do, your operations, how you build your widgets. Um, and so once you lay out those various things that you do on a regular basis, then we'll start to prioritize, okay, well, what yeah. things are you, are you doing? Maybe, maybe if the owner is too busy wearing the hats, what things are you doing that would be very simple for you to you know, break off this little piece of what you do. Um, you know, years ago I had an assistant and the, the thing was, I was saving my own files. I was saving attachments, saving them in different files. And I said, you know what? I calculated the amount of time I spent just saving attachments. And it was like, I don't know, like 40 hours a year of just saving attachments. And I said, you know, I could just come up with a system for this and then they could do that, right? And they just, you know, just little things along the way. And then you start to break off bigger things. And that's one approach. Um, another approach that larger companies might take is they just take, you know, what are we working on right now? Well, we're working on, I don't know, at a live event. We're doing a live event. Okay, well, let's document the systems of a live event because we're, we're putting a live event right now anyway. So we might as well just document as we go. It makes a lot of sense to do that. Um, and then in another way someone might prioritize, they would just say, hey, let's document our biggest problem. Like we're getting a lot of customer complaints. Okay, let's, let's document all the systems around preventing customer complaints and handling customer complaints because that's our big problem right now. And so there's different ways to think about it, but as the, as the leader, as the, as the owner of the company, you've got to pick, you've got to pick small bites uh, mm. to start to document. You can't just say, we're going to do the whole company in a month. Um, I've <laughs> and seen, nothing gets done and the documentation doesn't get done and you've wasted the month. <laughs> and I've seen people do that. They, they, the owner's like, we're doing this all this month. And they, they crank out a bunch of junk and mm. No one uses it anyways, um, because the idea of running the company systematically is it's a way of doing business. It's not um, it's not about just having a big binder of, of processes. It's it's a it's a way you and your team decide to approach the tasks and the work and the problems that you handle in business. And so as long as it's a it's a way that you're all used to doing it, it's going to live on and get better with time. Uh, but if your company is used to just reacting to problems, then they're not going to use the procedures anyways. And so it's kind of a waste of time. You have to really got to change the way you, you decide you want to run your business. There's that mindset, right? Yeah. Like it. So, you know, um, this is, this is a problem that many clients that I have have to go through is that they're like, okay, well, eventually I want to sell my business, but in order to sell it, you have to show the new buyer that you've got systems and processes in place that are deep, you know, duplicatable. You can do it. It's easy or it's simple if you just follow these steps. And I think, I think you're right. There's, it's so much of a, of a clog when, when they look at it as, as a big chunk versus a little chunk. Let's just take this step or this process that you do. And um, I think it's, it's essential for getting your business ready to sell. It's also essential for making the owner's life a whole lot easier because, you know, you, you talk about this and, and that the owner 
to have that free time or to have that, you know, the hours off, the weekends and the nights, you know, that we originally thought we were getting in business for, that's all systems, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, freedom doesn't just, uh, you know, snap and you snap your fingers and it happens. Right. Uh, and when it, when it is that yeah. way, um, it's, I've seen this happen before where someone will, will they'll hire a second in, second in command and they'll say, look, I have all this freedom. And they'll hand everything over to that person. They'll abdicate responsibility. And then they'll look back a few months later and they'll say, wait a second, that person's not doing that right. That person's doing this wrong. And wait a second, what's going on over here? And then they, they come back from their, their hiatus of a few months and then um, that person might leave and then they're in a worse off position than when they started because that person didn't write down what they did. Um, or often is the case is you'll find someone who comes in and they do a good job and they might do a good job for like a year, but then they know how important they are to the business. They might want a gigantic raise, which maybe you're not ready to give them, or they might, um, they might leave. Right. So th this happens all the time is uh, we'll work with a company and say, Oh no, our, our operations are great. And then that's that second in command ends up, you know, leaving for whatever reason. And then all of a sudden they realize that nothing was documented. Everything was in their head. And they didn't actually have this business that was giving them freedom that they thought. They just had a person that was filling a gap, you know, and systems and people come and go, but systems stay. And mm. so we want to make sure that maybe if you if you're listening to this and you have someone who's giving you that freedom, you are taking your month long vacations. Um, that's great, but make sure what they do is documented because uh, the day they're gone is the day that you're you're you go back five years in your business. Struggling, yeah. So, how do you get your how do you get your employee or your team to document for you? So, in that situation where you say you've got the the key employee or the number two in command, and and they're off running with success, how do you get them to slow down enough? Because if you don't like doing a document, then they're probably not going to like doing the documents. And and then how do you how do you get it? How do you get them to do it? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing is no one likes to do it. <laughs> and, and you're right. It is, it does require slowing down. Um, it's kind of a slowing down to speed up. And, mm. uh, as the leader, you have to make it a, a higher priority. So that, that new lead that just came in, yeah, it's a high priority, but this thing, though it's not urgent is more important. You know, this system building is going to allow us to go hundred X farther. Whereas this, this thing you want to do is binary. It's just going to help us just stay status quo. And so it, it has a lot to do with the owner, you know, believing this so much that they're willing to forego quick wins for longer term, massive wins. So it's the owner has to have this kind of mindset, the strategy, the team has to buy into the strategy. The team also has to um, have the training and how to actually do this because mm. if you say, Hey, let's just systemize it. They're going to, they're going to be like, well, I don't know what that means. They're not going to do it. They need right. to have the resources. So they're going to have to have some tools and the time to actually do the work. Otherwise they're not going to do it. They need to have an incentive. So they might have all these tools and training and they might believe in it, but if their pay is based on making new sales and you're say, go document how you sell, there's no incentive. There's a negative incentive. They're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're giving them more work without an incentive to do this new work, they're not going to do it. Um, they also need to have a, a plan in place. So they actually know that they're making progress. Otherwise it's too overwhelming. They won't even get started. And they need to have a, a structure because again, procedurize your department is, is meaningless because you don't know where am I going to save these? How am I going to name them? Who's going to write them? Who's going to review them? Who's going to approve them? Are we going to test mm -hmm. these things? Uh, what if I want to change it? Where should I save it? Who has access to this? Is it secure? There's all these questions that are in their head 
And without those questions being answered, you're just going to do nothing. And that's, that's where we find most people is that the concept is great in theory, but getting over the hump to getting started is, um, it takes some work. And, and uh, owners oftentimes are, they're unwilling to do that. And owners are, are so nimble that they just think, oh, well, you know, you just write it down and, and you know, off to the races, here we go. And that works great with entrepreneurs, but um, your team is not like that. And um, they need more structure. They need more training. They need more boundaries. They need more um, of that, uh, I guess, leadership that oftentimes owners aren't willing to give them. And so that's, at least that's what I've seen of working with a lot of companies through this is, um, you know, it seems so simple and I would recommend keeping it simple, but um, if you're not willing to put forth a, a pretty good amount of effort for a few months, it's going, it's going to die in the water like a lot of other um, pipe dreams that owners have. Mm. Makes total sense. So you talked about um, tools, right? So when we're looking at making a, even an SOP, a standard operating procedure for how you're going to do X, Y, and Z, where do we go? I mean, there's a bunch of forms and templates online. There's, you know, some software companies that say, oh, for a large fee, you can house all your stuff here. And then that's where you get the buy-in and the approvals and all that stuff. But what do you recommend? What do you, what do you recommend your clients go through? Yeah, well, there's a lot of tools out there. And um, we, whenever we work with a client, we go through a process of understanding what, what their challenges are, what their goals are, how big they want to be you know, how much uh, security or how much compliance in your regulatory bodies. Like there's a lot of questions you need to ask yourself, you know, how much of your process is just administrative? How much of it's going to be in the field? Do you need to have um, different security level for mm. outside Client vendors? data? There's a lot, of, you know, a lot of stuff to think about, whether you're, you know, in the medical or insurance or financial fields. So um, it's, it's worth looking at. In, in the process of trying to find that though, you can make, progress just using Google Docs or Dropbox or something like that. So okay. if, if an owner is excited to get started, I, we just say, just get started with something very simple like Google Docs. And then as you get going, as you um, decide, you know, come of the, the unique aspects of your business, like do you need high levels of control, high levels of delegation? Do you need to really um, tie these procedures together with checklists? There are certain procedures that are really, or softwares that are really good at this. And there's other ones that are really bad at this. And once you understand how your company is going to do it within a few months, then I say invest in the software. But I, I, don't, I never start with software with the clients I work with because I know it's just one more roadblock in making success. Yeah. And so I always start with whatever is the simplest. And the simplest is, is you know, a Word doc, a Google doc, something in Dropbox, something very, very simple first so they can see, oh, I wrote this. It took me 10 minutes. I was able to it's delegate doable. it. <laughs> it's doable. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's something simple. Like I took a picture with my phone, you know, I voice recorded something, I screen recorded something. I just, you know, saved it in some r- random folder. Um, once they see that and they can see the benefit, then, then they're starting, okay, well, maybe we should get a little bit more sophisticated with this. And then we move on to a sophisticated tool, but um, never in the beginning because it's just one more roadblock to ultimately having success with this. Absolutely. And, and in the format of getting started, um, you mentioned taking a picture, doing a screenshot, um, voice recording. You know, what's, do we want long format written? Because we also want to think about 
who's looking at this document as well. And if I sit there and I like throw up on the page and I put everything, every single minute detail I can think of, and then nobody's ever going to read that, or do I highlight it with bullet points and checklists? What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, we have uh, four different key types of procedures that we write. Uh, the first most common is a how-to procedure, which would be um, like a recipe. So if you're going to make a recipe, there's, there's certain steps you take. They're chronological. Um, you start it and you finish it in one sitting. That would be a how-to procedure. Most of them are like that. But beyond that, there's also guideline procedures. This is like um, investment guidelines or design guidelines, um, communication guidelines. So it tells you the approach of how we handle things related to communications. But it's not step-by-step. -step. It's, it's more of a, a policy than a procedure. And we will mm -hmm. document those as well. Uh, other things are more checklists. So it might be like a pilot before they take off. They don't read a whole procedures manual about how to fly an airplane, but they do check a number of things and click off to make sure that the airplane is going to fly. And so there's a number of things that just might be, you know, before you get into podcast, you know, check these check boxes to make sure you, you got your sound working, right? right. And then the, the last one is what's called a process outline. So if you're going to be doing something that is not done in a single setting, it's complex and it's, it's over an extended period of time, but you're going to do it again and again and again, then you should document a process outline. So an example of that would be if you're putting on a live event or if you're going to hire somebody. You don't hire somebody in a day. It's a process. You might first figure out who you want to hire by writing a job description. Then you might place the ad out on a few different places online to, to find a person. Then you might have a review of resume process and then you might have a telephone screening Then you might do background checks and then you might... Um, send them some, some other tests online to see if they're, they're the right kind of person. You know, first interview, second interview, you know, like it's, it's a month-long process. Sure. You could, you could outline yeah. it, and then that's going to help someone in your team. So when you say, hey, go hire somebody, th they are like, well, wh how, do, how do I do that? And you say, oh, just follow this outline. It's a process outline. And then they, they can go through those, and some of those particular steps, you might even fill in more details and get more granular. But um, the, the challenge I see most often with people who just get started with procedures is they they'll write too much and too long. So they'll say, I'm going to write a sales procedure. And I say, how about you write a procedure called like, I don't know, introductory email or handling objections or... Breaking into bytes. Yeah, there's probably 20 different procedures related to sales. Don't just do one for all of sales because it's going to be 40 pages long. And, and nobody no one's going to read, read it. it. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to read it. So bite-sized chunks is, is way better, um, discrete pieces. And that's going to make it easier for people to update them, to train with them, mm. to modify them, to save them appropriately. So we, I'd, I'd much rather see, yeah, 30 sales procedures than just one. Because, mm. again, it's just, it's just too complicated. Um, and no one's going to review it. No one's going to approve it. No one's going to test it. And it's going to collect dust. <laughs> collect us it's going to be that that binder in the in the cabinet that nobody uses you know um and it's funny i think about that when when i first started writing business plans for my clients um you know they're like oh yeah i got one and it's you know five years old and they haven't looked at it and you know my comment was it's got to be out on your desk and take that prime real estate because you want to go back and use it and these methods and and systems that you're creating, you want it to be updated and used and frequently followed, or why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. It yeah, makes yeah, total definitely. sense. 
Yep. And I love the idea of the Google Drive. So it makes it simple. People can come in, they can they can put their approvals on it, they can make their changes, it can be documented, it's in a safe place. Um, when you when you get all finished with these four types of of you know processes or systems that you do, do you recommend to put it in a binder or is it okay living digitally somewhere? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, great detailed question. It, it, I mean, it depends. I mean, if it's if it's more of a blue collar business, then you're going to actually have physical binders. You know, they might have a work truck with a binder in it. They might mm. have you know a warehouse with some binders in it. So um, the more physical the, the work is, the more you're going to have pieces of paper that have to be updated, which is manual, difficult, and you're going to have more binders around. Uh, the more virtual online it's going to be, the more likely it's going to just be a, a digital, 100% digital. Um, you know, it's nice to have a quick reference sheet of some, some things printed off on someone's desk, but oftentimes it's digital. Um, with companies that are going to go digital, I just make sure that everyone has at least two screens. You don't want to have all your processes and then just have one screen because no one's going to look at them. They're going to be working on something and they can't reference something else. And so you have to have a minimum of two screens if you're going to do that. Um, and, but, but beyond that, that's, those are kind of the, the rules of thumb. And then once you create it, um, how often do you recommend updating it or putting a new version in? Yeah, the general rule of thumb is every every six months. So if so, if you see a procedure and the last date was um, six months ago, then you want to bring it up to those who are involved and say, "Hey, any changes to this? Is this still how we do it? Great, change the date. Put a new date. Love that's it. that's the simplest way to do it. Um, of course, you want to update it always when there's new ideas that come about. Sure. Um, but as long as you have the kind of six-month, you know, worst case, maybe a year. But if it's beyond that, things have changed subtly, and those things have not been integrated, and then it's going to lose its traction. People are going to lose – they're not going to want to reference it anymore because they know it's obsolete. And then mm -hmm. it kind of defeats the whole purpose. So you really have to have a maintenance system in place. Love it. And um, who do you think – who do you like to prepare these? Do you want the hands, the, the the boots on the ground to prepare these and then have it approved by the ownership or do you want it to be top down? The ownership says, this is the way it's done. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. what's the best way? Well, I mean, the best case scenario is bottom up. I mean, that, that's ideal. Um, sometimes the people on the ground level are not uh, the best admin, ad, administrative work. So again, if it's more of a, a blue collar business, they're not. there might not be comfortable be on the computers and document the procedures as much mm. and so they might do more pictures or videos or audio files and then someone more administrative would have to document those things for them and then people on the ground would then review them but the, the owners and the manager's time is the most expensive time to the business the most costly and so the more you can take this which is it's labor intensive work to the lowest level the better and you're also going to get more buy-in you're also going to get more of the innovations, the more the ideas, and you're going to build a more sustainably scalable business because it's not based on one person's ideas. It's based on the hundred people's ideas. And so that's where we really try to push, but it does take longer to start when you go this way. Mm. Like if I want to do a procedure right now, I can just write it and be done in a half hour. But if I want to get my team involved and you know, teach them how to do it, and it's going to take some time, but again, the payoff's way better. And so a mature-minded business owner is going to say, you know what, I can do this, but I'm going to wait a few weeks and allow my team to understand it, to train them on it, to give them a chance to do it wrong, correct them, because I know that's going to you know, yield a much bigger har harvest. So I, I would say 
whenever you can get the lowest level people to do it, the better. And um, try to make it fun as much as you can. <laughs> and reward them, right? Make yes, it worth we, their while doing because it, that gets the buy-in for the company and it gets them doing the action because you've paid them or rewarded them with a day off or, or you know, bonus or dinner or <laughs> I'm buying lunch today. <laughs> yeah, it can be simple things. Yeah, it could just be, uh, you know, just, just get them uh, coffee, right? Get them some, some coffee from Starbucks. Um, oftentimes when I do an initiative like this, it'll be, hey, as a team, we all want to get this done. We've spent the last few weeks making a list and we've got, let's just say, 100 procedures we want to get done. Once we get to 75 procedures complete, we're all going to take a day off or whatever. So yeah, whatever and, motivates them, right? Yeah, and then they're like, but until we, you know, before we get there, we're not going to get it. Or we'll say like, hey, we all have, you know, I don't know, seven days off during Christmas and New Year's, but we're going to get an extra two days off. But only if we get this done. Okay, right. well, no, no one wants to be the person to hold up the company from getting two extra days <laughs> of vacation. So everyone will get their work done then. And it, it, just, it just gives them that extra incentive, the extra team camaraderie. We're all doing this together and it gets done. But if you don't do an incentive, people will just put it off forever. And then never forever. Do. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so when is a good time to, um, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, when's a really good time to start doing this? You know, if listeners are going, uh, I'll do it next year, or, you know, it's coming to the end of the year, you know, we're in that kind of weird time period of, do we finish strong or do we start focusing on next year? Yeah, I, I think that, well, I'm going to say whenever you can, like as soon as possible, get started. <laughs> right. But do it with the intention that it's, it's, this is just like one of those things that's running in the background, right? Mm. Like just like your air conditioner is running in the background or electricity is running in the background is you want, I mean, it takes a little bit of effort to get started, but once it's started, you just have to keep it going like a pilot light for your, you know, your, your, your gas fireplace, right? Just, it just needs to keep going. So um, pick a month when you can put some focus in, but then once you, once you've done that, then it's just about maintenance. And I think that mm. the sooner, the better it's, it's not, this is a problem. It's not going to go away. It's not like, Oh, in a couple of years, then this will be solved. It's, it's never going to get solved. And it will, it, as you know, it's going to cap out the value of your business it's going to cap out the size of your business. It's cool. going to cap out the freedom you would have as an owner. So there's so many limitations you're putting on your future by not doing it. So um, it's better to get started now and to keep it simple and maybe the thing is we want to start, you know, finish the year strong. That, that's fine. Well, tell your sales team, hey, as you sell, here's the 20 things that make up sales. Can you just record as you're doing it? Can you just record your screen and record your, your, your sales conversation as you're doing it? Just so we can start to get some of the raw materials. Mm. You know, we're not, we're not documenting really good systems yet, but we have a lot of the pieces now. And maybe we can, you know, outsource, you know, our team can help you out with that. If we can outsource some of the administrative aspects of documenting these things to someone else and eventually just get that department done and then we can move on from there. But, um, you know, putting it off is, I have so many clients where they say, hey, we heard about the book you know, 10 years ago and then we watched your podcast, Josh, and then we, we thought about it, we saw your emails and then, you know, now we're finally ready. And I'm like, well, how much did your company grow in the last, you know, eight years? Well, it's, it's say the same size. We haven't really actually gotten beyond that point. It's like, well... That's why it's yeah. stuck. Opportunity lost. Opportunity lost by not doing. So awesome, Josh. Where can listeners find out more about you, get started on this process, and maybe find some ways that they can just get it done? 
Yeah, well, definitely. We'll go, go to workthesystem.com. I mean, the book there is right behind me. Uh, we offer that for free for a download. So workthesystem.com. And then also, um, you know, I do coaching, consulting. We do events, anything we can do to help entrepreneurs break free from working in the business to working on the business to you know, owning a business. Now we help that transformation to happen. And so a lot of, a lot of services on our website. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, um, us business owners, oftentimes it's just another job that we get paid for from ourselves, you know, instead of having that ownership lifestyle that requires systems and processes in place. So I love this. This is, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think it is so important um, that everybody uh, really put this into their, into their business as soon as possible, even if it's just one today or one idea or one step, you know, one makes two makes three makes four. So, all right, listeners, thanks for listening today. I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. And now more than ever, it's important to build your own business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet, because there are tons of benefits to having a sale-worthy business such as this. <laughs> um, it will be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You really don't want to miss this class. And as always, Josh and I would love to hear your questions or feedback or what, what, um, what process are you going to start with or what kind of challenges have you faced? Um, and just hit us up because we'd love to respond to that. And don't forget to subscribe on today's podcast so you can catch and hear more for next week. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with it. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Awesome.